You're listening to Beyond the Ribbon, a podcast of the 24 Hours in the Canyon Cancer Survivorship Center. This podcast is brought to you by Kia of Amarillo, proud member of the AutoWing family of dealerships. Be sure to check out their website at kiaofamarillo.com. Hey, everyone. Welcome to this episode of Beyond the Ribbon. My name is Ryan Parnell, and as always, I'm joined by my co-host and oncology nurse, Pam McMillan. Hey, Ryan. How are you today? Pam, I am doing great. How about you? I am good. You know, when we started this podcast, I know that you and I talked about things that maybe survivors want to talk about, but may be difficult. And it may be even difficult to even talk to healthcare providers that are not experts in some of the fields. And some of the side effects of chemotherapy or treatment um, can be uncomfortable for patients, but they should know that these topics shouldn't be um, swept under the rug. There are people out there to help them with uncomfortable topics such as sex, right? Absolutely. You know, um, I remember early on in our survivorship program, we did a, uh, a half day sort of get together and um Man, it totally blew my mind. So, you know, we brought in uh, Dr. Ann Katz from from, uh, Canada, and she was our keynote speaker um, talking about sexual dysfunction. And, of course, me being the guy, right, nobody comes up and talks to the guy about, oh, my goodness, this is so wonderful. Everybody came to you because you're clinical and everybody and so later you're like you don't understand how many people this is so wonderful and so it that is really stuck into my mind um and I'm so excited that we're we're doing this on our podcast today you know what better month than prostate awareness and um, you know sexual dysfunction doesn't just only affect men but it also can affect women too so this is for both guys and ladies out there so um buckle up let's learn that's right. You know, um, as you mentioned about prostates, uh, as we just had on in our most recent episode, we talked with Alita Petrie uh, talking about uh, um, pelvic floor dysfunction and talking about how we work with her for our prostate survivorship. Um, our guest that we're going to be introducing here momentarily, uh, we also work with her for our prostate survivorship program. But we want to make sure everyone understands, too, that, as you just said, Pam, it doesn't just affect men, and uh, we want to make sure that everyone knows that we have access uh, to Sarah uh, for our female patients for any sexual dysfunctions that they may have. But let me tell you about Sarah. Um, you know, much like we do with a lot of our podcast, Pam, we search high and low, and um, we look for the right person. And I'm telling you, it was a challenge to find the right person. And I truly believe that um, when when you hear Sarah talk today, you guys, you'll understand this is the right person. And so um, Sarah Sloan, she is a certified sex therapist. She's a, a licensed marriage and family therapist. She's ASEC certified, which is a very difficult process to get done uh, in the world of sex education and sexual therapy. But I tell you, uh, she's don't hold this against her, everybody. Uh, she lives in Austin. Um, and, and, and we'll, I'm sure we'll talk about that, but she, she's based in Austin and she's a member of the sexual health Alliance. She was born and raised in Austin and completed her master's degree in counseling from St. Ed's uh, university there in Austin. She has three areas of specialization, helping women heal and learn from unhealthy relationships, Imago based couples counseling and relationship and sex therapy. She's very open-minded person and enjoys working with both couples 
and individuals. And I tell you, uh, the cool thing is, is that uh, there's a statement on her website. And I know when we visited with her, she believes that relationships truly define us and form the foundation of our lives. Sarah, thank you for joining us. How are you? I'm good. It's good to be here with you guys. Well, I do have to say, I remember when we first talked, you uh, you did do some studying and some work in Lubbock as well, correct? I did. I actually did my PhD there, um, uh, master's and PhD in English back in the day. And I taught at Texas Tech for, gosh, a couple years, maybe three years. Yeah. I- She's practically West Texas, Pam. <laughs> you've got some writer in you and you've got some UT. I don't know. <laughs> Coming well, from a dealer and an Aggie uh, fan, I don't know. Right, that's right. We're all over the place, aren't we, today? We are. Well, Sarah, I tell you, um, I mean that truly because um, there is not a Sarah in Amarillo. Um, there's not someone like you here in Amarillo. And so um, we were super, super dedicated in finding someone that we can work with. Um, because we have seen, I know Pam, you, you've have seen it obviously more than I do because you meet with more, most all of our patients, um, the side effects of cancer. And I, I want to go to a, a live strong study that was done, uh, in 2010. And just, you know, this really drives home to you guys listening. This is really what we're about. And this is why we are, we're doing this podcast and while we're working with Sarah, uh, that a 2010 live strong study reported that 43% of the over 3,000 cancer survivors surveyed had physical problems related to sexual functioning, but only 13% got help for them. And that, that, that was shocking to me, Sarah. Yeah. You know, I, I think there's a lot of, a lot of shame surrounding asking for help in that area. You know, it's, it's not, anything anyone expects to ever have to do you know in fact i think the expectation is that things should just work the way they're supposed to you know that we shouldn't need help but you know cancer in particular it's it's mental it's emotional and it's physical and you know that that combination together you know can can really rock your world and and i think you know, with everything else going on, you know, asking for help there is is the right thing. We can kind of yeah, at least help you feel feel better sooner, quicker. You know, oftentimes we talk about the guilt that survivors have and feeling guilty for talking about side effects that they may still experience because of treatment, because they should be grateful for that they're alive. But sexual function is important to a healthy life. Yep. No, I, I agree with that. And and in particular, you know, it's it's an intimate form of connection between two people, right? You know, between um, husband and wife. And so to have that stripped away, you know, that's that's an incredible loss, you know, for for people. Um, and I, I don't know that it's I, I think it's often understated. Absolutely. Well, I know, Pam, you know, we talked about this when, when we first started and coming from your background in the hospital and in the, in the clinical setting, I, I just remember you saying that a lot of times it was like, um, I don't know, we'll send you to your primary care doctor or we'll try to figure this out. It, it, yeah, I'm not really sure, you know, and, and, and sometimes I think um, those are those easy way outs. But I'm here to tell you guys that 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 are within the 26 counties of the Texas Panhandle, 
we have this resource for you. So what we're about to dive through today, if any of this is ringing alarms, ringing bells, um, you know, know that we have access uh, and we'll talk about that towards the very end about how we work together uh, to, to, so that you're not one of just the 13% that gets some sort of help uh, that you need. Um, Sarah, let's talk real basic if we can. How, how does a ca- the cancer diagnosis, how does that affect at the relationship level? Gosh, I, I really think it, it affects everything. It affects, you know, certainly mental, emotional, and physical, and then how that, you know, relates relationally. So for instance, one of the things I think that can be, you know, very startling is, you know, if, if the man has been sort of in a traditional role of being sort of the, the breadwinner, the caretaker, and all of a sudden he's he's taken down, you know, with a, a cancer diagnosis, it, it flips the script where oftentimes, you know, maybe his his wife or children become the caretaker. And and that alone, you know, can be be jolting, right? Then, you know, in addition to that, you know, the fears that come up around, you know, potentially losing, losing your life, losing your spouse, losing, losing everything, um, you know, can put an intense amount of pressure you know, on the relationship and the individual um, in terms of how they they cope with that. And and then finally, certainly, you know, physically, you know, they're not going to be able to necessarily even get through a normal day the way they used to, let alone, you know, figuring out how to be intimate, depending on what all is going on, you know, physically with the person. So how can, you know, I know going through treatment, a lot of patients have fatigue and other side effects. How does that play into the role of the relationship? Well, so the fatigue with comes with cancer. I think, you know, it, it's essentially a, a full body tiredness that that isn't helped by sleep. Um, you know, in fact, they've got uh, they've got an acronym for it, CRF. Um you know, the form of cancer fatigue that's caused, you know, by both cancer and its treatments. And then I would say also just mentally and emotionally, the exhaustion of of having to deal with that, you know, and that exhaustion can be can be paralyzing. It can come on without any Someone's warning, at the um, you know, and I think with, you know, CRF, you feel physically, mentally and emotionally exhausted most of the time. Yeah. I think back, Pam, to one of our earlier uh, episodes we did, I think maybe in season one, where we spent entirely on cancer-related fatigue. And, um, you know, it, it was so in- intriguing and interesting because how many times does someone say, well, just go take a nap? You know, <laughs> taking a nap is not going to help it. Um, and so if you're if you are in that fatigue situation, I encourage you, scroll back. I think it was in season one, uh, and, and and I think we talked with um, a physician from Temple University, if, if my memory serves me correct. Go back and find that because um, fatigue is so powerful, and I think it gets a bad rap because people don't really understand it. Um, but when you take fatigue, though, Sarah, and you compound it with, you know, chemotherapy, radiation therapy, uh, immunotherapy whatever your therapy is that you're going through, that just makes it even worse, right? For a relationship when it comes to intimacy. 
Yep, for sure. You know, because you're you're feeling exhausted, which is going to affect desire. You know, if you're if you're tired all the time, it's it's hard to be you know excited about being physical. You know, I think that alone is is a huge factor. Then you know you add in depending on um, what what kind of treatment you're going through, right? And and there's going to be an added layer, right? Certainly of you know with I would say radiation, you worry about scarring, um, chemo, you know, particularly for, for women, you know, the effects um, vaginally, you know, in any of the mucosal linings. And certainly if you're feeling nauseous a lot of the time, it's really hard, again, to feel any kind of desire other than wanting the nausea to end. So oh. with... Go ahead. No, go ahead. So with this, um, you also have, I'm sure, pressure. And the last thing that you want to do is have that open communication. So um, that has to play a role in the relationship as well. Certainly. I, I think especially I, I see that with men. Um, you know, men, sometimes they, they have a tendency to cocoon, right? They kind of go inwards. Um, and and that can be really scary for, for the spouse, for their children, for the people around them. Um, you know, a lot of men, I think, do this because they're wanting to hide their feelings of distress, you know, and sadness. They want to be able to protect their family and friends. But I, I think by going inwards, sometimes that can actually have the opposite effect um, on their loved ones, as well as, you know, an unfortunate effect on, on the men, right? It can make them feel more isolated and alone, which can lead to irritability, frustration, you know, certainly fights with a spouse that, you know, if they don't understand what you're going through and, you know, ultimately that can lead to depression, right? You know, if we, we think about, you know, what Freud said, you know, depression is really just anger turned inwards. Yeah. You know, I, I, I totally, I, I see that. I understand it and, and get it. Um, I've not experienced it because I'm not a cancer survivor, but I can I can it, it, it completely understand how, especially from a guy's standpoint of, as you said, cocooning. <laughs> I think that's a very um, very depictive word there that I think it, I think we can all understand and relate to. Um, you know, relationships are hard when both people are healthy. <laughs> And I think sometimes, you know, you talk about communication and that we've talked, how many times we talk about communication, Pam, about communicating with your doctor, communicating with your, your spouse, communicating with your family, communicating, communicating, and it's challenging. Um, then you throw in a cancer diagnosis and, you know, that, that you've got your radiation or your chemo, you've got your treatments, but then let's also talk about surgery because surgery is sometimes that other animal, right? Where um, if we're talking about things that affect intimacy and affect relationships, I know um, one particular surgery that we're going to talk about is one of the main reasons that led us to seek out a therapist like yourself uh, is having a radical prostatectomy. Yes. So, so certainly, you know, surgery is, it's, going to affect body image. It's going to have scarring. It's going to have, you know, depending on the nerves that get cut, lack of sensation, right? Where the nerves may be damaged, severed, or, or stunned. Um, 
And, and certainly, you know, with, with the surgery that, that you're talking about can lead to, to permanent ED. Um, and, and so if, if that does happen, you know, what are some other ways we can thread intimacy back in, into a couple's life, you know, whether that's, you know, involving another surgical procedure, um, you know, I've worked with, with clients that have, you know, had penile implants, you know, there are certain, certain kinds of those, you know, or if, if we don't want more surgery, you know, what other ways, what other, you know, sort of experiences can can a couple find you know in order to to still have that intimacy that's so important you know i think of it as sort of you know it's almost like glue in terms of attachments what what helps keep two people together um and and so that's certainly something you know i like to explore when that occurs you talk about men, but what about women, you know, with body image, with mastectomies and then hysterectomies, how, how can that affect the um, relationship as well? Gosh, well, you know, certainly mastectomies can be incredibly hard, particularly if, if a woman, you know, has identified, you know, part of her sexuality as, as being in her, her breasts. Right. Whether it's, you know, how she finds herself attractive or what, you know, that that gaze reflected from her partner or even, you know, touch. Right. If if that was a, a form uh, or a pathway for arousal, you know, once that's taken off the table, we have to really kind of explore, OK, well, what does what does being sexy mean now? What does, you know, sexuality mean if if that piece that was important is is no longer there? And and so it's it's really finding a new way to to be in the world, um, which which isn't easy. So how do you work with these couples if they have these issues? Yeah, well, you know, it, it kind of depends on the couple and the, the specific issue. But I usually start really just by opening up the line of communication. You know, I, I like to use a form of couples uh, therapy called Imago. And what I really like about Imago is it, it creates a really safe container to talk about really difficult subjects, such as anything around body image, sex, sexuality. And, and what I like is it it cuts past the frustration and, and goes straight into, you know, understanding, you know, the deeper level feelings. So for instance, you know, we might talk, you know, you might start with, okay, I'm, I'm feeling frustrated or around my mastectomy. I'm not liking the way I look. And then we would go into, okay, well, let's, let's see what this, you know, how you're making sense of this. So it's say, okay, the story I tell myself about this is, and really it's just, you know, how I make sense of this. Okay. Well, maybe, you know, I used to, you know, find, you know, a lot of my attractiveness came from, you know, my, my breasts and as well as my, um, way of interacting with my partner. And then we would go straight into, okay, well, this loss, we're, we're talking about this loss here. Well, what, what hurts me about this? what scares me about this, you know, what makes me sad about this, right? So that your your partner can really kind of feel in to where you're coming from. And, you know, just the the simple act of of listening can can do wonders, right? As far as empathy 
goals, you know, having that empathetic listener on the other side, and suddenly you're no longer alone with those feelings of loss, those feelings of fear, hurt, and sadness. You know, you've got your partner there to care, help you carry half that load. And, mm-hmm. and so I always start with communication you know, um, and that, that mental and emotional understanding, because I think if we can, you know, kind of meet each other there through that mental and emotional connection, then we can start to kind of unwind some of the physical as well. Um, because I really do think, you know, intimacy really is foundationally about the mental and emotional connection before we ever get to the physical. Yeah. You know, um, it all comes back to that one word, communication. And uh, why does it have to be so difficult? It is. I know. I just sat here thinking, uh huh, uh huh. <laughs> it, it is a challenge, especially for um, us men. Sometimes it seems that's a really hard one. Uh, speaking for the guys, um, you know, the the one thing I think that's important for our listeners to know is. Um, this is there's there's a lot of evidence-based science behind all of this and i i don't want anybody to think ah well this is just you know hocus pocus or whatever but there's there's actual there's a lot of of clinical research done in this area right sarah uh yes sir yep in fact um you know they think that A lot of ED, you know, while, of course, there is going to be a physical component, certainly in in these kinds of surgeries, um, a large part of ED for for most men where it's not 100% just physical is mental and emotional. And, you know, so I think by by getting in there and and being able to understand really what's behind it, oftentimes it's it's fear right around ED, fear of rejection. And, you know, I, I always think, you know, I, I have a, a silly analogy if, if you'd like me to share, but, yeah. you know, you, you think about ED, right? And, and all the pressure that's put on it, right? And and for, for a penis, that's a lot of weight to carry. And so, you know, if you've got all that weight, you know, it, it makes complete sense that that it, you know, isn't able to to lift it on its own. We've got to got to use the work of the relationship to help kind of alleviate some of that that fear and shame so that there isn't that weight weighing it down. You know. Makes sense. Figuratively. <laughs> Yeah. You talked about surgery. How does radiation, chemotherapy, um, you know, the uh, AI medications, how does that affect it? So it depends. Now with with women, certainly um, you know, taking tamoxifen and and I, I think I'm pronouncing that correctly, forgive me if I um right that's going to be an estrogen blocker and if you're if you're blocking estrogen what that can cause is you know certainly vaginal atrophy um now you know if if that occurs you know there are a number of kind of paths we can go down you know like for instance there there are two types of, of lubricants right one that acts as a lotion and one that i would recommend using you know with any sort of penetration you know with with a partner or, or husband um and you know so that's you know certainly the hormone blockers now radiation can certainly do the same thing um radiation can cause you know scarring and and sometimes you know even even strictures 
And that that can affect certainly the ability to to orgasm. You know, it can create some inorgasmia. And it can also, you know, cause some pain again, you know, if if there isn't that flexibility in the tissue. You know, now that can be worked with over time, but initially, you know, it may take a little bit of work with a, a sex therapist and a doctor to kind of figure out, okay, how are we going to navigate that? Um, now with, with chemotherapy, um, you have the, the cell cellular oxidation, right? The sort of the die off of the cells and that, that does affect, you know, certainly any, any mucous membranes. So, you know, vaginal dryness can, can certainly be an effect there. Uh, now, as, as far as, as men go, um, you know, depending on, on where the radiation and, and the tightness in the pelvic floor, now that's going to translate for both men and women, um, depending on what's, what's going on there. Um, so it would, it would kind of be on a case by case basis. Uh, but I don't know if that kind of answers your question generally. Yes. I, okay. I think the takeaway point there is, oh my gosh. Just about every type of treatment potentially carries uh, sexual dysfunction along with it. You know, and, and you just mentioned about uh, uh, pelvic floor. You know, that's why we have engaged and and worked and are working with Alita over at Optimal Physical Therapy here in Amarillo uh, for pelvic floor dysfunction. Um, those kind of go hand in hand, but I mean, it, it's. It's probably not a question of if it may be a question of how bad, you know, does your treatment carry these, these sexual dysfunction side effects? Is, is that a fair statement? Yes, I think that is exactly right. It's it's really just a matter of how it affects your individual body and, you know, what what maybe needs to be done to address it. You know, um, we, we touched a little bit on. Um, the type, you know, type of, uh, with sex therapy and what that, what that is, is there anything else that we've left out there? We talked about the Imago, uh, couples. I know occasionally you, you'll do individual therapy, um, with folks if, if that, if need be, but did we leave anything out on kind of how, how therapy works? Um, you know, it, it really depends on what they're bringing in. You know, one thing I, I haven't touched on certainly can be the trauma element involved in all of this. You know, there can be, you know, medical trauma, which could stem from, you know, sort of the aftermath or, you know, right after following a surgery, you know, it could be um, a diagnosis that might come as a shock. Um, but, you know, another piece of this would certainly be working with that trauma, whether using um, cognitive behavioral, um, you know, which is really just sort of learning how to deal with maladaptive thought patterns or stress patterns. Um, it could also be uh, narrative therapy, you know, looking at how we're telling ourselves the story or a combination of, you know, whether it's EMDR or something called Cybam. Now, um, EMDR, uh, eye movement, um, oh gosh, now you put me on the spot and I'll forget. Um, anyway, essentially it's a form of bilateral stimulation that helps you really reprocess that moment. Say when you heard the cancer diagnosis, you know, that, that continues to loop in your mind, you know, if maybe say you see a commercial and 
it's something on cancer and it takes you right back to that moment. Maybe you start sweating, you know, you might start to dissociate, realize that you're not really present. You're not hearing, you know, what someone's saying to you. And, and if that happens, you know, there's a lot we can do to, to mediate that, right. To, to make you feel better so that, that you don't get stuck, you know, in those moments, you know, getting re-triggered and, and being right back there in it. You know, Ron, um, back in our early days of the podcast, we um, talked to Tiffany about counseling and, you know, you had mentioned about counseling and when you think of counseling, you think of the chair, the couch and with the therapist with the yellow legal notepad taking all the notes. Um, you know, some people might have some assumptions about uh, sex therapy. What is it not? <laughs> okay what what it's not we finally got to this point yes <laughs> all of our listeners are going oh, oh, oh i don't know and now here we are okay. great question pam so what sex therapy is not there is certainly absolutely no touching you know there there's no touching on on their end no touching on my end um, you know, there's, uh, I, while, while we'll talk about, you know, the body, um, I, I, I don't need to see anything. So there, there's no visuals there. Um, you know, and, you know, while I might make suggestions, those are yours to take home and try out, uh, nothing, nothing's done in the office. It's, it's all, it's all done at home really. Um, so, so that's certainly what it's not. I, I don't know if that's a, a fair answer. <laughs> I think it's, I think it's very fair. I think um, the other point that our listeners need to know is um, Sarah, as we as we discuss, lives in Austin. Um, we are in Amarillo. It's quite a big difference in distance between Amarillo and Austin. Um, so, thankfully, uh, Sarah is able to do um, these services virtually, and I think that's that's another key point to drive home too. Um, is that that <laughs> there is no opportunity for touching, you know, between therapist and 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 patient. Uh, you know, it, it's it's done virtually. But I think that's another key thing to drive to is is maybe. And I'm going to speak for guys. I might be a little hesitant to tell Pam uh, when I meet with Pam all my deepest problems and situations. And gosh, I'm I live down the street from Pam or. I might see her at school picking up her kid or at the grocery store. You're not going to run into Sarah unless you're in Austin. And even then, there's a few people in Austin. The likelihood of running into Sarah is very slim. So I think that's another point to drive home of, of, of how this system can work and work well is I think that hopefully uh, allows us guys, because I'm just going to say that, um, I'm sure there may be some women who are hesitant as well, but us guys to really open up um, if they're in service, with, you know, getting uh, uh, therapy, that that's not a hindrance. We're able to communicate. So I think that's a very uh, key point to make as well. I, I tell you, the last thing I think we should discuss and make sure we hit on before we kind of uh, go is time. What 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 does the commitment look like, Sarah? What what in in, in generalities in, in terms of? I mean, I know this is not something like a I'm going to sit and talk with you for an hour probably, and you're going to fix the world right away. 
Um, and maybe that's the case with some situations, but how, how what, what can folks expect? You know, if for individual, um, usually we'll meet once a week, um, usually for a couple of months, you know, and I think a lot of times, you know, depending on how acute the situation is, um, we might meet once a week for six weeks and then go to every other week. Um, you know, I think for couples sex therapy, uh, I usually will say we'll meet maybe the first month um, each week and then we'll go to every other week because I want I want my couples to have enough time in between to to kind of try out some of the things we've talked about and, and see what's working for them without the pressure of having to be, you know, back to back. So so that's that's usually how I work. So is it strongly encouraged to do individual or as a couple? So what I would recommend is if if you're feeling a lot of shame, you know, having a really tough time yourself, you know, let's start with some individual and, you know, maybe do that for for a month or two um, and then, you know, bring in your spouse and and kind of go from there. But I think, you know, if if you're feeling pretty comfortable with everything that's going on yourself and and you're just having a hard time kind of figuring things out with your partner, well then I say, well just, you know, come on in together and we'll we'll all figure it out. Um so it so it really kind of depends on on the person. Is there any resources that they can utilize um, you know, books or library, whatever articles that you may suggest that they start with to maybe dip their toe into what sex therapy might be? Oh, goodness. You know, I know there are a number of good podcasts. I I, I don't know that I'm going to be able to recall off the top of my head. Um, you know, Chris Donahue is a, is a famous sex therapist out of LA. Now he's probably a little bit more radical than I am, to be fair. Um, you know, but I also think, you know, just as far as free resources, um, Cora, Q-U-O-R-A, they, they have some pretty good experts writing in there. Um, there can be a lot of fluff too. So I would just kind of glance down and see the credentials of who it is. You know, I, I think if you are looking for, you know, whether it's podcasts or articles, um, anything regarding sex therapy, I would make sure that they have CST after the name um, or that ASEC certification. Some people will, will say ASEC, some people will say CST. Um, but there there are a lot of people that will advertise sex therapy, but they really don't have the training and can do quite a bit of harm. Um, I, I usually would avoid, uh, especially with anything medical going on, I, I would avoid the advice of sexual health coaches. Um, you know, in the state of Texas, you, you, anyone can, you know, put out online that they're a sexual health coach. They don't have to have any training. And so they can actually cause some significant damage, um, you know, with with their recommendations. So so I think. I think that's it. There are really a lot of good places to find information, but it's really who's giving the information I think that you want to pay attention to. You know, Ryan, I know that we have a couple resources in our library. You know, if they want to just, you know, like I said, dip their toes into this area. And with Dr. Ann Katz, she's wrote some amazing books, um, Women, Cancer, Sex, and Men, Cancer, Sex. And um, so if if you need to start there and then slowly build your way to Sarah, we understand it. You know, it's, it's an uncomfortable situation, but um, there is help for you. 
Yeah. And I tell you, this is something that I'm glad um, has not come up. And I, I mean, I'm, I, of course, I'm bringing it up here towards the end of our podcast is I, I want our listeners to know, Pam, we have built this program over the years centered 100% around helping those diagnosed with cancer, no matter where they are, right? From the beginning of their diagnosis, during their treatment, maybe they're 10 years out of treatment, whatever that case may be. Um, And this this program is no different. Um, You know, if there are, if you're struggling, you know, we have found the resource for you. The beautiful thing about this is much like everything we do, Pam, how much does it cost someone to, to work with Sarah? It just takes their time. That's, That's it. right. Yeah. We, we take care of that. Um, that's, that's important for you to know. Um, so what's it, what's it going to hurt if there, if, if, if this is a situation and in, in, in all seriousness, if this is a situation that is really driven a wedge between a spouse, you know, um, gosh, let's, let's, let's figure it out. Um, and, 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 and here's the deal. How, how's it, how's this work, Pam? Someone calls the survivorship center and, and how's it work? All they need to tell me is that they need to be referred to Sarah and I make that referral and Sarah takes it from there. We know nothing about your um, visits with Sarah and all we do is get the bill and pay it. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> uh, there, there, there's, listen, there's no, there's not even any paperwork on our end that we, you have to fill out. Right, Pam? No, very simple. Very simple. I need to, I need some help. I need to speak with Sarah. We we make the referral, and all we do is we move right on down the rock, down the line throughout the rest of the day or the, the next survivor and so forth. That's literally all it is. I, you don't even, I mean, it's so simple. Um, Sarah, they can't make it much simpler than that, can we? Not at all. Nope. I think that's as easy as it gets. <laughs> There, is there anything that we haven't covered yet that you would like to talk about? Gosh, that's a good question. I mean, I think I think you guys did a really good job. Um, you know, I I don't know that I can think of anything off the top of my head. I I just um, I think that you know asking for help it's it's a hard thing to do but i think you guys you know ryan pam you make it so easy here you know or as easy as it's going to get and and i think you know if you can get over that initial hurdle of just reaching out and asking it'll just get better and better from there you know you want to let somebody else help you carry that weight you know um and i I think i think these guys and and hopefully myself are, are well poised to to do that for you I know Tiffany always uses the analogy of having a toolbox and having all the right tools. And we have lots of tools to utilize and share with you. And so it's just important that, you know, if you are having the uh, trouble, please give us a call at 806-331-2400. Sarah, how how can they um, check you out on your website, Instagram? Do you have any socials that you can share with them? Sure, I do. Um, so my website is just um, austinconciergetherapy.com. 
um you can you can see that's that's my my practice um and you know my partner also my husband uh we, we started the practice together mark um he also works with men um dealing with ed then we've got instagram um i think also austin concierge therapy um and so you can you can find us there as well awesome so that brings us to our last segment. We always like to leave our listeners with an Auto Inc. inspiring moment. We are sponsored by the Auto Inc. Um, family. Do you have an inspiring story that you can share with our listeners? Oh, goodness me, an inspiring story. Oh, gosh. Um, you know, I, well, I can tell you how I became a therapist. I don't, I don't know if that's inspiring, but you know, um, I, I was a professor for years and, you know, my, my son got really sick, um, after he was born, he had a, a rare disease. And, and so I spent a lot of time in the medical community. And, and when I came out, you know, I teaching just didn't do it for me anymore, not in that way. And, and so I really, I really just wanted to be able to give back to all the people that had helped me and all the ways that I had been helped going through a lot of medical trauma and and this was kind of a way I, I found to be able to give back yeah. a, missing, a missing piece to the medical world for sure yes and you know that i i can echo that that's one of the things that we've tried to to uh live by at the cancer survivorship center is filling in gaps filling in voids you know um as i said there's not there's not a Sarah in Amarillo. And uh, so we we fa luckily found you and we are making you available to Amarillo in the Texas Panhandle. Um, and that's what's, you know, so great that came out of, of course, COVID and all of the craziness is that um, teletherapy can still work. And, uh, it, and I know Tiffany works uh, one of our LPCs, gosh, we work with so many LPCs, but um, Tiffany does a lot of virtual uh, counseling. And so I know that 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 makes it easier, especially, especially, you know, you don't live in Amarillo. You can't come in for a session, um, you know, or maybe you're working and, and you're able to do this, you know, do a session. And I'm talking like for mental health uh, at lunch, you know, and that's where she has seen that work. So we're super excited uh, Sarah to partner with you and uh, bring your services to our survivors. So thank you for working with us. Of course. Well, thank you for letting me give back. I, I appreciate you both. You're doing amazing work. Well, thank thank you. you. Pam, I, I tell you, um, sometimes this is going to sound really funny, but sometimes I'm amazed at the uh, number one, the amount of services that we're able to provide. And number two, the the most creative ways we're able to do it. Yes. And I, I just, I think that, you know, I just want, my hope is, is that we're able to help. That's the bottom line. You know, we always adopt that um, role as if we're helping one or if it helps one, we're doing a good job. So, you know, we try to think outside the box, try to cover those um, needs that patients have. And um, if you're having needs that are not being met, give us a call. Let us know. Yeah. You know, as just as you said, Pam, um, we try and we we are not the experts there. We always joke and say there's no manual on survivorship, 
There's no manual on doing a survivorship program. Uh, one of these days, we should probably write the manual. <laughs> but I tell you, some good advice. <laughs> it would be a lot of blank pages, right? Because it, it, it's it's determined upon what your your people are that you're seeing and the and and the, their needs. Um, I hope that you're finding help by way of our podcasts. I hope that you're finding help by way of our programs. And if you're if there's something that we've not touched on, if there's something we don't offer. Feel free to drop us a line. Feel free to give a phone call, um, 806-331-2400. Give, let us know. We, we have made a promise from the outset of if we can find someone to provide X service, X service, Y service, Z, whatever it is, uh, then we'll, we'll find it if it's in need. So um, that goes back to uh, how we started our, our program that includes sexual dysfunction and uh, urinary uh, incontinence or pelvic floor dysfunction. So um, just let you guys know, reach out to us, let us know how we can help share this podcast. You know, um, I think it's important. This is, this shouldn't be a taboo subject. It's a subject that, that um, it, it causes problems in the relationships in, in the home. And I think it's something that, that uh, hopefully we can provide the service uh, to alleviate that. So that's your homework. Thank you guys for joining us. And make sure you join us next time for another great episode of Beyond the Ribbon. Thanks again for listening to Beyond the Ribbon. We'd like to extend a special thanks to the Auto Inc. family of dealerships as they have supported the 24 Hours in the Canyon Cancer Survivorship Center since 2016. For more information on the Cancer Survivorship Center, please visit our website at 24survivorship.org.